Welcome to the Never Settle podcast. My name is Mel Clark and I am passionate about helping people realize that settling for second best is no longer an option and that everyone deserves to live the life they truly desire. Hey, hey, so today I was chatting with the wonderful firecracker that is Paige Ray, real name Patricia, um, but her nickname is Paige. Paige is originally from the Philippines and she was moved to a small town in Canada when she was younger with her family um, because, and as she says in the interview, they went from this like overpopulated city to like nothing, which was really difficult for her back in the day. But she now uh, actually lives in a small town in Canada with her own family and absolutely loves it. But Paige is a real inspiration. She got married really young for her culture at 21 and um the first 12 months was a right struggle because like minimum dollar um not affording much feeling guilty if they went out putting it on the credit card all that sort of stuff and she realized quite quickly that um there's got to be more to life than this and so yeah so basically she got she had a lot of filipinos coming to her for advice initially in terms of moving to canada and all of that and she eventually got herself a coach and invested in that even though she couldn't really afford it but it gave her a completely different mindset when it came to wealth and money and she eventually went from earning 13 dollars an hour to creating from her wealth triangle as she calls it uh, her high ticket um, product which was coaching so she went from 13 dollars an hour to 325 dollars an hour that was her first coaching client um, and she continues to talk about what that wealth tri- triangle looks like, and which is really educational and really insightful and something that every school should educate us all on. She's an absolute delight to listen to. She's way beyond her years. Um, she's beautiful, she's gorgeous. So sit back and enjoy this great conversation with Paige. Well, hello, lovely listeners. Today, I have got the very gorgeous, glamorous Paige Ray. Um, Paige is a coach, she's a mentor, she's also an online entrepreneur. Born and raised in the Philippines, in Manila, and then she migrated to Canada at the age of 16. Um, Actually, I wouldn't mind asking you about your thoughts on the truckers in Canada right now. Um, so yeah, so basically when she was in Canada, she received a lot of inquiries from friends and and acquaintances about migrating and realized that people equated getting out of the Philippines as to a way to earn more money, I think is where she was at. And, and, you know, coming from that background, there's a lot of, um, Filipinos that have multiple jobs, live paycheck to paycheck. To be honest, Paige, it's not that different to this country, really, these days. Um, and yeah, and, and so that sort of set her off on a, on a bit of a journey and realised that it was more about mindset than it was about where you live. And that was what really fired her up, fired her up to, um, to want to start helping people. And she has an online show called The Christian Entrepreneur Movement, so I'm keen to hear about that. And yeah. Um, yeah and also oh yeah and uh happily married to her best friend jc jc not jay-z lee now um, <laughs> people often call him that sorry <laughs> so sorry no um, <laughs> since 2013 and you've got two two wonderful children um when you emailed me there was a you put some questions in that you'd love to talk around 
um, and maybe we'll get to that but it was it was about why you don't actually need to be rich to be financially free um it's also you talk about the real wealth pyramid and no this isn't about major corporations controlling the majority of the population as well so i'm keen to hear about that <laughs> um joyous money versus toxic toxic money hmm yeah get that one um, and also money mantras and um, dealing with the guilt of getting paid and receiving money. That's an interesting one. Mm. So, Paige, welcome. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. And if you're not seeing the video version of this, she's gorgeous. Oh, thank you so much, Mel. <laughs> uh, I'm really honoured to have this conversation with you. And I love that the theme of this all is not settling for less than what you can really have in life and you know what like I just want to share a little bit you mentioned that it's not very different you know uh in your part of the world how a lot of people are holding multiple jobs and just trying to live you know paycheck to paycheck just trying to survive and that surely was an eye-opener for me because for anyone coming from you know similar culture or background where I came from the main goal growing up in the Philippines was to study, get your degree, and as much as possible, get out of the country, because that's the only way for you to get a shot at the good life. And quite frankly, you know, having moved to Canada, we realized that that's not really the case, because there are people in Canada who are also struggling, who are also suffering, right? And they're also trying to figure out how to attain that, quote unquote, idyllic, good life right and so when i was there you know i really saw the difference in our mindset as filipinos back in the philippines trying to move abroad thinking that the solution to our problems was you know a, a new environment and sure enough you know that certainly has a lot of uh, contribution as to why i believe a lot of Filipinos who have migrated abroad have a very different way of thinking now compared to others who may not have been traveled enough. Um, but yeah, like it's it doesn't matter at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you live, especially now with the whole online industry, you know, it really made everything an equal playing field. And it really is a matter of your mindset now and taking advantage of the resources available to you. So, um, you know, I love talking about money as that's why I kind of reached out to you because especially during the pandemic, I realized how blessed I am to be in a particularly interesting phase in my life where I didn't really recognize, you know, the successes that I've had so far in terms of my business. But now I realize that money is such a different currency and people are waking up to that as well. When before it used to just be plain and simple, the money in your bank account, right? Now it's becoming more obvious, especially with the pandemic and with all of the lockdowns going on, that the currency is so different now. People care about freedom. People care about what your money can actually do. And I think a lot of the times we underestimate what we already have. That's why I love talking about, you know, it's not necessarily getting rich that gets you to financial freedom. Because when you think about it, financial freedom is all about not worrying so much that your basic living expenses is covered, but also that you have the freedom to actually enjoy it. So that's just a, you know, a little bit about myself and why I'm super excited to share with you what I get to share in this podcast. And um, yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Um, so, so you were 16 when you moved to Canada. That must have been a bit of a, a culture shock because, you know, we're, well, I assume the Philippines is, is pretty warm most of the year round. Am I right mm-hmm. in that? Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, it certainly was a culture shock, uh, especially because I came from Manila, which is the most highly dense population uh, city in Asia, I believe, if not in the world. I, you know, don't quote me on that fact, but I know for a fact that it's very heavily populated. And my mother decided to move us to a small town. Uh, so <laughs> that was really interesting because everyone knew everyone in that small town and there was nothing to do, you know, like it, it was very different. So for me, that in itself was um, very different in terms of the environment, but also people, you know, I guess people don't know a lot about the Philippines too. So I remember uh, attending school, high school, and my real name, by the way, is Patricia. So my nickname is Paige, but I've always introduced myself as Paige or, you know, on paper, Patricia. And a lot of the times my classmates would ask me, so what's your real name? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Patricia, you know? No, I mean, like, what's your Filipino name? You know, I'm guessing that's your English name. No, it's not. It doesn't work like that. Uh, so yeah, um, it was very interesting. But um, I think ultimately, my experience there, you know, my idea was, okay, I need to get out of this small town. Maybe I'll find my place in a big town like Toronto. So I eventually moved to Toronto, got married there. Um, but, you know, you, you still carry certain mindset and burdens in, in your mind. And that's why it, it was in my life in Toronto that I realized it doesn't matter where I'm moving. If I don't deal with these emotions and these thoughts that I actually have, you know, carrying with me wherever I go, I'm not going to be able to change the the level of my life and yeah that's why I'm so passionate about really showing people look it doesn't matter where you live it really all is all in your head <laughs> yeah it's it's funny I I because I'm a coach as well and I had um, a message come through my phone earlier um, and it was a lady I spoke to probably about three weeks ago about you know she she was looking for a coach and the, the work I do is about really going into who you truly are. And, um, and as a result of those foundations that we uncover and actually understand and relate to, oh, right, Jesus, that's why such and such, that's why such and such. You can then start to build a vision that actually um, relates to who you actually are as opposed to falling into a career and, and all the rest of it, which is what most people do. And the reply I got back from her was, she ain't ready you know she's found another coach that is literally going to help her find a different career and she knows it's a bit of a cop-out but she ain't ready to go any deeper than that and I think um I think that's the trouble isn't it with a lot of people they're they're just not you know putting on a band-aid or a plaster to like you said living in a different location it didn't make anything any different it's different faces, different places, but it's the same old shit because you're taking you with you. And if you haven't sorted you out, then nothing's going to change apart from the scenery or, or <laughs> the four walls. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so just just before we get into that, what into your work? Why, um, why a small town in Canada? Did your mom know people that already lived there? Is that how you ended up there? 
no. So she, funny enough, she worked in the city, but she decided to move to a small town. I think because she was at that age where, you know, she just wanted something different, like a little car- calmer, you know. I, I mean, look, I've lived in a small town long enough that when I moved to Toronto, I actually was looking for it. And eventually moved, when I had my own kids in Canada, moved them back to a small town. So there's definitely that charm there. Uh, And, you know, I've had this conversation with my mom that she believes, you know, maybe if if we had moved to a bigger city first to just kind of get ourselves acquainted, it would be a lot easier. Um, But I believe that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, right now, I, I don't know if you can hear dogs and chickens, but I live close to a farm. I I absolutely love the small town feel now. And, um, you know, it grows on you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I live in a, a fairly big city in England, um, certainly nothing like London. But, um, yeah, I crave to either be in the country or be by the sea, really. Uh, my sister lives by the sea down in Cornwall. And... Um, I think the older you get, the more you value being outside, don't you? And you value nature and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So, yeah, I, I get it. So so when did you start? Um, have you have you done um, anything before you got into coaching and, and the work that you do now and the entrepreneurship? Or, you know, did you have a career or job you fell into and then changed or did you just always do this how did it all come about yeah so um I got married really young I mean at least for my generation they consider it young I got married at 21 so after that you know our parents were not very supportive of it just because you know I totally understand they came from a uh, a background where we really struggled financially and so they were worried that we might repeat that same uh, history, you know, struggling yeah. financially and then ending up in broken marriages, right? Uh, pretty common story. That's certainly how I, you know, what I experienced growing up. And so I respected that, the fears of my parents, but at the same time, you know, I was a bit of a rebel and I knew what I wanted in my heart, got married despite them not being totally in agreement with it. Um, so me and my husband, we felt like we needed to prove ourselves, you know, at the age of 21, we really struggled financially. Let me tell you, the first year of our marriage was so tough. Um, I remember doing groceries at the dollar store because that's that's what we could afford at that time. And to a point where we couldn't even afford the bus, you know, like a bus token to do groceries. So we would haul this large cart back to our apartment, um, you know, in the middle of winter. So in Canada. So, uh, you know, it was during those times that really pushed me to think about our life because, you know, you're here talking about why we shouldn't settle to mediocrity. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm only in my first year of marriage and I literally am feeling like I want out Wow. because we couldn't enjoy ourselves. Every time we would go out to a restaurant, even if it's not even you know, it's not even the high-end restaurant, we would feel so much guilt, you know, because we would be swiping that credit card and we know that we're going under deficit. We were in so much debt and we were young and it, you know, it felt like you could hear your parents' voice saying, oh, I told you so. Yeah. And it was, I was also working at a warehouse at that time. So I was working at a warehouse, you know, picking and packing orders uh, and someone who's very artistic, you know, I, I love 
being creative in my work and having to show up Monday to Friday, picking and packing boxes was so draining for me. You know, it felt like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? You know, and so I, that was when I started feeling a lot of um, dissatisfaction with my job, you know, because I knew that before I got married, that was not what I wanted to do. Um, I had so much dreams, but because I had to pay the bills, I, had, I took this job. And, you know, sure enough, my dissatisfaction in my job at that time was being brought home. I would then look at my husband and feel like, oh, you're the reason why I'm living this life, right? And I knew that that was just, that was just wrong. So the pivotal point for us was I remember locking myself in the washroom and just sitting on the floor crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe this is happening. This was not what I envisioned, what being married would be like, you know, when you started talking about your life with your spouse, right? That was not the life we had envisioned. And I remember my husband would, was knocking on the door saying, hey, sweetheart, when are you going to come out? <laughs> and I was, just, I was just so stuck in myself. And I remember eventually saying, look, Paige, you cannot sit here forever. <laughs> eventually, you're going to have to go out and face your husband. And you have two choices. Either you, you know, quit this marriage and have a fresh start at life, or you make it work. And obviously, you know, we're going to be married almost 10 years now. I decided to make it work. So I went out and I said, look, we need to change some things in our life. And so we started talking about, you know, where this dissatisfaction was coming from, the frustrations that we have. And eventually, after about two months, we decided to quit our job at the warehouse with no savings, um, no job, you know, no next job trying to hire us. We just took the plunge because it was either the safety of a minimum wage versus our marriage. And it was definitely worth the risk. And I think I was very bold about it because I didn't have kids yet. Um, but yeah, so that was the pivotal point for us. So you both, so you were both working in the same place. You both quit the job. Um, yes. At, at the same time. <laughs> so, so what happened then? You know, I mean, I don't know whether your husband's oh, a coach oh, yes. and the rest of it. So what happened then? So let me tell you a funny story. They actually tried to keep my husband and they said, look, we're fine letting your wife go, but we can't afford losing two people. So we're going to offer you a raise. And guess how much the raise was? They offered him a raise of 25 cents per hour. Right. It was not even a dollar, right? And it felt like a slap to our face because it's like, is that really our worth? <laughs> like, that's how much you value us that you think we'd say yes to keeping this sucky job for an additional 25 cents an hour. It was ridiculous. So we left that job, never looked back. And look, I'm not even going to joke about it because we didn't have any savings. We got into more debt. <laughs> you know, we got into more debt, but he was, uh, my husband was very determined. He got into insurance and eventually, you know, he would, he was really good in selling insurance and he was able to pay all of our debts and 
you know, get us back on track by his commissions. And that's when I actually started diving into um, the online space. So this was back in 2014. Um, my, how I got involved in the online space was almost by accident because I was typing how to get out of debt <laughs> on Google. <laughs> and I found this, this coach who was talking about how to get out of debt, managing your finances, and also managing your mindset, managing eventually like a life coach, right? Yeah. And I just started, you know, diving deep into all of his teachings and eventually contacted this mentor, worked with this mentor. And that's when I started getting my life and my act together. Um, and then eventually, you know, after I've felt enough confidence, I moved on to a different coach, this time more focused on business. And that's kind of how I got started with my own, own coaching business through um, just, I guess, just the evolution of, of my own personal journey. So that's quite, um, that's quite a jump, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got to pay for a coach and mm -hmm. <laughs> you, didn't have much, you didn't have much money and your husband's like trying to get you out of debt and all the rest of it. And, and fair play to him, he did well and, and, earned, and earned some better money. Um, but we, I guess, so you weren't, you didn't take another job at this point. Um, no, I didn't. So what I did was my very first business was a daycare. So this was around the time and this, this didn't happen overnight or, you know, in, in fact, it happened in a span of years. So mm -hmm. I quit my job in 2014. I launched my coaching business in 2018. Right. So that's often what people miss in the details, because you say, you know, a general idea of what your background is or what your story is like. But sometimes they equate that into oh, maybe it happened in like a year or two years. No, for me, it happened like in a span of four years. Yeah. So I remember when I worked with this coach who was helping me with my finances, I remember he had a course for $39 and being dead broke, $39 at that time was so expensive. I was like, oh my gosh, what if this guy is a scam, right? But yeah. I said, you know what? I spend close to that amount when I go to McDonald's, you know, at that time I was eating McDonald's. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to pretend that I've already used that money for fast food. So I considered it money lost, but I, I followed his course to the T and this course was all about uh, writing Amazon Kindle eBooks and how you can earn money through Amazon Kindle. And I remember earning my first $5 online just a matter of weeks after following that course. And I said, wow, this thing is real. Like this, like, can you imagine? Like, it's just five, it took me $5 of earning online for me to realize that this is not a scam. So I just continued to do that. And, you know, here I was, I was still trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. Um, I, you know, your passive income through Kindle was not really enough to, suffice for whatever we were earning so eventually after many years you know i got pregnant um in late 2015 that's when i found out so it's not very short and when when i was pregnant i was very sick i you know like i was vomiting from first trimester all the way to birth basically oh. so for me during that time it was a lot of inner work and so uh you know seeing my husband work so hard and me being on bed rest allowed me to reflect and think about our vision and also the fact that I do not want to be living like this because what happened um, after we had quit our job we actually moved to a different city 
And because, you know, my husband was working in insurance, it's not a stable income. It's, you got to have commissions. It's commission-based, right? So it's not a stable income. And all we could afford was to rent out a room at our friend's house. And that room in our friend's house was not even, it it literally felt like it was a closet turned into a bedroom. (laughs) And, you know, I was pregnant, but that's all we could afford at that time. And you know what, my hardship in that room, every time I think about where I am now, I think about that bedroom because I hated that room so much, but it was that, uh, that it was that place of sadness in a way that fueled me to, to, you know, aspire for something better for my family. And I gave birth to my daughter. We still lived in that small room. And I said, look, we cannot stay like this forever you know I do not want to be raising my kid in this small room because I didn't even have freedom to cook when I wanted to I remember feeling so hungry when I was pregnant and I would feel kind of shy to go down to the kitchen because it was a shared kitchen right and it was not my home you know I just I just didn't feel at home it was uncomfortable for me to just be cooking around and acting like it's my own place so um, yeah, I remember just feeling hungry. I did have so much freedom sharing washrooms with people, especially when you're pregnant and you need to pee every single minute, you know? So it was that lack of freedom that really made me think, okay, I need to find a way. And so eventually I, you know, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. I eventually bought this course. Um, I have to mention my mentors, by the way, just because I, I owe so much gratitude to them, you know? It's their generosity for sharing what they know with me that helped me transform as well. So the very first mentor that I had was Stefan Pilarinos, and he goes by Stefan James now. Uh, He's the one who taught me basically how to get out of debt, how to start my first online passive income stream. And eventually, when I was stuck in a rut, I met another mentor. His name is Peter Vood. And Peter, I remember, told me, When I was in this small room, you are exactly where you want to be because you want to be there whether you admit it or not. Mm. And when he said that to me, I did not want to talk to him ever again. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I was like, who the heck is this person? I just met this person and this person is telling me I want to be here in this sucky place, right? I did not want to see him ever again. And it took me a while before I contacted him back. But that sentence stayed with me, like what he said stayed with me. And I kept thinking about it. And I said to myself, you know what? Okay, Peter, challenge accepted. He wasn't challenging me or anything, but I said, I'm going to prove to myself that this is not where I want to be. So I told my husband, look, we need to get out of here. (laughs) We need to get out of this bedroom. I don't care, you know, where we're going to be or how we're going to pay for that rent. We're going to figure it out. So we eventually moved out to a bigger place. And that place was big enough for me to start a day home business, which is like a home-based daycare. And in Canada, in the city where I lived, in that, that was at that time we were in Calgary, it was pretty flexible. So you don't necessarily need um, a degree, for example, or like a certification to open up a home-based daycare. Um, as long as your home is safe, it passes like the uh, safety measures for children and whatnot. So I said, you know what? I see other moms doing it when they have young kids. I'm just going to jump the gun. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to jump the gun. So I posted an ad saying home-based daycare, 
available now. And I, I literally was frank on my ad. I said, I have no experience working at a daycare. My only experience taking care of a child is my own daughter. And she's happy. She's alive. She's well, like you could see her if you come and visit. And I was so shocked because there are actually parents, you, you know, who trusted me enough to let me take care of their children. And I remember to a point where I was actually earning a little bit more than my husband through that daycare, enough that I was covering our rent and I had enough to invest in a business coach. So that's when I said, I do not want to be wiping children's butts forever. <laughs> you know, as much as I love, I, I loved working with children because you just see them light up when you teach them concepts. Like it's, it's just, it's really fun. They're just so authentic. You know, they, they're free just being themselves. And so it was really nice. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to have the freedom because whenever it's the holiday season or summer, for example, I couldn't just go out and enjoy because there's no school parents would be dropping off their kids at my home, right? So I still yearn for that freedom that I know was available because I spoke to all these mentors. And because of the money that I was earning from that daycare, I was basically, you know, I found a business coach and hired this coach. And it was really scary because it was $10,000. <laughs> I've never spent that much. Um, but would I do it again? Absolutely, I would do it again. In fact, now after, you know, having spent that money, this was back in 2018, anything below 10000 of investment for myself or my business seems small, right? Because your, your, your ability to invest in yourself expands as you, as you do more of it. And so... It was that investment with a business coach that helped me launch my coaching business. I actually did not plan on being a coach or, you know, now that I talk a lot about money, it just sort of led there. You know, when I started my, my coaching, this mentor of mine basically said, well, let's talk about, you know, just your lowest hanging fruit. She was talking about your lowest hanging fruit. And at that time I said, well, you know, my faith is a, such a big part of who I am. So I decided, okay, let's talk about Christian entrepreneurship because here I was just exploring what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And I put together an online show called Christian Entrepreneur Movement in my hopes to learn more about how people are incorporating their faith into their business. And lo and behold, after launching that, for some reason, all of a sudden people started seeing me as a business coach, you know, and they started asking me about money because it just so happened that I, you know, I guess people are uncomfortable talking about money. And here I was, I was pretty comfortable talking about it just because I know that's where my journey is. And people saw me as someone that they can approach with regards to their money, with regards to their business dreams and how they can maneuver and put that together. And that's how I started my coaching business, basically. So, I mean, obviously you, you invested really um, a lot of money, you know, in those early mm -hmm. days, which was a, a real leap of faith. So good for you for that. Um, because there are so many people that just won't, you know, they'll spend 2000 on a telly or a TV, um, but they won't spend it on their personal growth. And it's like crazy, isn't it? But anyway, that is the way people have been conditioned. 
So we've never owned a TV, by the way, that we purchased. Like the TVs that we have are either secondhand or just hand-me-downs from our family. And we're like, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, TV is um, certainly the mainstream stuff anyway. It's just not good, mm -hmm. is it? Um, okay, so so you said you launched this business and it kind of it's taken off and, and these people just attracted to you and and therefore it, it's evolved into what it's evolved into um how did you launch it you know how you know was it just an online space through through a website or facebook or something or how did how did those people know about you yeah it was through a website so basically um the idea of my mentor was you uh you you look for experts in your industry and you basically interview them it's like an online show. So I put them together in an online show. I'm interviewing them and they're sharing their uh, strategies and whatnot. And you put it together in a show. And basically that's how people, you know, found me. So these people would be promoting um, the event to their audience. And that's how they got into my, um, into my website, basically. Oh, cool. So was that like a podcast as well? Yes, like a podcast, but more of a video, uh, video model. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So then you started work. So people were approaching you and then this coaching. So, so just what, what did you talk about Christian online? So what, what did, what does that look like? Are you still doing that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not completely, but in a way it's very, like a lot of my audience are Christians. Um, and I think the major thing that was really, uh, I guess, common in every situation that I've encountered with my, with my audience, and I actually don't just work with Christians. So a lot of the times the people who gravitate towards me are very spiritual type entrepreneurs. Um, most of them are Christians, but I work with some who are not. Um, and I find actually that whenever we're talking about business, there's often this gap where when it comes to money or charging people, you know, obviously in business, you need to be making money, right? So whenever they start, to, we start talking about pricing their offerings and what they're actually offering to people, they often feel a lot of discomfort. And it's as if, and this is, this was something that I've felt too, that I've eventually overcome is that it's as if, having to charge for your services is almost a sin or that it's wrong because the thinking there is if I'm really here to help people, if I'm really here to offer and be generous to people, shouldn't I give it to people in either a very cheap price, almost cheap that they can't deny it or b totally free, right? <laughs> That's often the concern. And whenever I recommend them that, no, you actually have to price it, you know, like almost expensively, quote unquote, whatever. I mean, expensive, the word expensive is so different to everyone, right? But you got to, oftentimes they're uncomfortable with that pricing. Uh, and that's when I realized that there's a lot of these baggages internally about money that often hinders someone from achieving the next level in their business, especially in terms of finances, but even actually in their personal life, because money affects us all 
regardless if you're an entrepreneur or not. And oftentimes, you know, that next level in life has a monetary symbol <laughs> next to it. I mean, it's just the way humans work and it's just the way it is because we still live in this earth, you know? Everything involves money. It's just the way it is. So yeah, like um, that was so starkingly obvious to a lot of uh, the people that I was working with. And that's why I started putting together this method called the healthy, holy money flow, um, which basically I line up the, the concepts and the steps that I took personally that helped me heal whatever money baggages I've had, you know, growing up from the Philippines and bringing it abroad and all of the experiences that I've had having to pay off my debts and going through all these soul searching in a way. I've put it together in a model and it's called healthy, holy money flow. And that's kind of where I'm leading now when I'm helping my clients get over that barrier of, of uh, money blocks. So can you talk us through a little bit of what that process is for people? I mean, I, I can relate to this. You know, the money block is a massive one, I would say, for the majority of people, whether you know you've got it or not. You know, I've, you know, me personally, I've been um, trying to find that financial freedom for a long time and you know the, the, my background was listening to my parents row most nights about money and all the rest of it mm. uh, and money doesn't grow on trees of oh, course yeah um you know and that whole thing and and working hard for your money um for very little to show for it at the end of the month or whatever mm-hmm. um so yeah I completely get it and and it carries on into adulthood and it carries on throughout your career you know it, everybody knows that you could get a pay rise of 10,000 or whatever a year and before you know it you're living to your means again aren't you because mm-hmm. you've got that money and, and you're still skin at the end of the month so I would love to know a little bit more about what this flow looks like if that's okay yeah so um the healthy holy money flow is basically a five-step process and the very first step is setting the right first goal. So oftentimes, you know, when people reach out and they want to start a business or, I mean, especially now with the online space, we all want financial freedom, right? It's such a buzzword. People talk about it. You see other people having it and you realize this is definitely possible. Mm-hmm. So how can I achieve what other people have achieved because it's proven to to be possible for other people. So the very first step is actually setting the right first goal. And what I mean by that is oftentimes when people think about financial freedom, they think that they need to be quote unquote rich to be financially free, right? And it's not a surprise because oftentimes when we think about financial freedom, the way social media has marketed it, we see people flying in private jets, we see people traveling all over the world almost, it seems like, they're always traveling, right? Showing off their mansions and all that. And there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But what I've come to realize is financial freedom is so different to each and every one of us. But at the very basic of it, financial freedom simply means that we don't have to worry about our basic living expenses. Meaning, for example, if you know that your very basic living expenses, like your mortgage, your groceries, um, fuel your phone bill, for example, if that's covered on a monthly basis, anything extra is considered financial freedom. Because now you have that brain space to basically 
be more creative and create more income because you're not worried about just surviving, right? Mm -hmm. And so what people make a mistake of is, and this was a mistake I've, I've committed. So for example, when I was very broke, I, you know, and I was trying to look for that pathway to financial freedom, I was thinking about, okay, here I am, I'm dead broke, in debt, no savings. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do, no job at that time. And here, I, here was the goal. I wanted to be financially free, right? So my thought at that time was, okay, should I go back to school, get a master's degree, maybe get a doctorate, who knows, you know, and maybe get paid higher. And maybe I'll be, you know, when I get paid higher, then I'll be rich and voila, I'll be financially free, right? That was the thought. And then I said, no, I do not want to go back to school because, you know, lots of people are talking about student debts and I'm already in debt. So that is not an option right now. So the next step was I'm thinking, when I spoke to this mentor, he said, well, Paige, how much do you think you should be making? And I said, six figures, right? Because everyone is saying six figures, yeah. right? How to, how to be six figures, how to be seven figures. So I'm like, I need to be making six figures because I, I want to be financial free. And he was like, okay, let's like, take a look at your numbers. So we listed all of my expenses, including my debt, and how much we were spending on a monthly basis. And take note, this was back in 2014. So obviously, the numbers have inflated now. It's 2022, right? But back in 2014, you know, all it took for us to cover our basic living expenses, and I'm talking about rent. At that time, we were just renting. Rent, grocery, and basic, you know, like uh, internet and phone bill was $2,500, okay? $2,500 is not six figures, <laughs> And so he said, why are you so dead set on making six figures? I said, I don't know. That's, that's what I need to make. You know, that's because everyone seems to be saying six figures. And he said, look, all you need is $2,500 of passive income for you to be financially free. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make sense. He repeated, he, you don't need to be rich first because in my mind, rich meant six figures, you don't need to be rich first to be financially free. And he said, in fact, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to be rich, trying to aim for that six figures, when in fact, all they needed to do was to create a smaller amount of passive income. So the thing is, the, the pathway there is, you need to be creating passive income enough that covers your basic living expenses, so that financial richness will follow suit because when, once your basic living expenses is covered your financial richness it's going to be a lot easier to make investments to double up that money you know grow that money once you're not worried about your basic your survival basically and so when he said that it didn't it was such a shock for me to realize that i was trying to aim for something that i actually didn't need at that time right and it made all of a sudden this goal of financial freedom at first it felt like it was so far away being dead broke you know it felt so far away to be making six figures i was look i was earning minimum wage at the warehouse job that i left and here i was all of a sudden i'm aiming for six figures like how in the world am i going to make that happen but now you know having that insight where actually i only need 2500 right and it made it all of a sudden very achievable. But 
I go a little deeper with my clients because this is how I personally did it. So when we moved out, remember I shared that story where we had moved out um, after I give, gave birth to my daughter. We moved out to this bigger apartment, um, no longer renting that closet from our friend's house. Um, and we were paying $650 for that, for that rental. And I made it my goal to create a passive income for $650. I said, look, my first goal is not 2,500, it's not 1,000, it's only 650 passive income. If I can make a passive income for 650 enough to cover my rent, that's a big load off of my shoulders. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, look, if someone's paying for your mortgage, that's a big stress out of your mind, right? And that was my only goal. And I even, you know, to make it even more achievable for my clients, I tell them, look, if that's even, if you feel like that's a little too much, think about your phone bill. If $50, right? Aim for $50 of passive income monthly, enough to cover your phone bill. Because all you need is that little win for you to start leveling up. Okay, now my phone bill is covered. What's next? Let's talk about the weekly groceries, for example, or your rent, right? So you kind of create this increment growth in your passive income. And eventually, you know, it's going to be a lot easier because once you have that, that passive income rolling in, you're not worried about your basic living expenses, whatever income you're actually earning from, let's say your day job or maybe your side, your side business, you can now use that to invest in yourself, to invest in your business, right? So that's kind of how I... I maneuver it. That's my own personal journey. I share what's working, you know, what's worked for me and what's working for me. And I think that mindset shift where, oh my gosh, I actually don't need six figures just yet, you know, is such, uh, it's very freeing for a lot of people, especially I know that, you know, especially during the pandemic where we all of a sudden are so aware of almost the lack of money that we, we are experiencing. Um, that's why I became passionate about sharing this method, uh, you know, through podcasts like this. I told my, my assistant, I said, look, uh, you know, a lot of people in my circle are asking me about money, mindset and all that. And they're talking about problems like, oh my gosh, I lost my job, you know, and I'm seeing all these fear around money. And I see myself in them because that's who I was. And so I felt like it's my mission to really share this message through platforms like this, you know, um, where people can access it for free and hear, hear and learn from, from what, what I experience in my life. And hopefully, eventually, you know, they'll share the story too and share that, oh, one time I heard this concept, you know, that apparently you don't need to be rich first to be financially free, right? So that's, that's why I'm here showing up and why I'm so passionate about sharing this message. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, in terms of passive income, what was your go to? What what did you do to get that passive income? Was it the Kindle stuff or was it something else? Yeah, so I, I have that Kindle. I'm still earning passive income on on Kindle Amazon. Um, now I'm also starting to look around into trading with crypto. So that's another big uh, opportunity for people right now. I I'm not an expert quite yet. <laughs> so I don't really like talking so much about it. But that is also a way for us that we're getting passive income. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so there's definitely lots of different avenues. Uh, I also want to share, you know, like you could, I mean, people nowadays, it's 
they just take pictures all the time, right? Yeah. So another way that people can earn passive income is by selling stock videos, stock images, you know, just taking advantage of that. There's definitely a lot of opportunities out there um, on social media as well. So I've earned passive income through certain social media posts as well. So that's something that they can do. You know, I, I share these things that you're already doing anyway. <laughs> you might as well just you know, put it a notch higher and earn something off of it. Yeah. So, so once you've covered your basics with passive income, hopefully, um, what's the next step that you advise clients to do? Yeah. So I, we can now talk about the, the wealth pyramid. So we mentioned, you mentioned this earlier in the, in the uh, intro where it's not about how big corporations are controlling you, which, you know, we think about the wealth pyramid and that's what we think about, that we're pawns in this world that's controlled by the Mark Zuckerbergs and whatnot, right? But when I talk about the wealth pyramid, so imagine a, a, a triangle. There's three sides to that. And basically, that's the, the uh, you need to be going through certain phases in your wealth, to uh, rather to create that wealth in your life. So oftentimes when people come to me and they ask, okay, Paige, what's the step in financial freedom? Should I invest in stocks, crypto? You know, tell me, like, what should I invest in? They often think about investments right away. And it can be so daunting, especially if you don't know anything about stocks in the first place. You know, all of a sudden, you feel the need to invest because that's what, quote unquote, rich people are doing. And so the right way, or at least the way I did it actually, is through the wealth pyramid, which makes up of three sides. The very first phase is called um, active income, where you're making you money, right? You make you money. It's about discovering your high income skill. So when I talk about high income skill, I'm talking about a skill that where you're actually able to give yourself that immediate raise you know, obviously through, uh, by investing in yourself too, yada, yada, yada. But for example, for me, like I said, I was a girl working at a warehouse, <laughs> getting paid $13 an hour in Toronto, you know, that's almost nothing, honestly. <laughs> so that's what I was earning. And then when I launched my business as a coach, which was my high income skill, my high income skill, meaning, uh, you know, a skill that you can offer to people where you get paid a high amount of dollar. So yes, you're still trading your time for money, but at least this time you're not trading it for low dollars, right? You're trading it for high dollars. So I work with clients to help them discover their high income skill. Meaning a lot of the times, these are also people who want to be in the coaching industry, right? And I remember when I first got my coaching client you know, God bless my coach at that time, Shanda Sumter. She was the one who helped me launch my coaching business. She gave us an idea of how we can price our products. And she was really pushing us to don't cut yourself short. And I was like, okay. So what I did, I remember I computed all of the courses that I've bought and I've, that I've invested in in the past. And I multiplied it <laughs> into however many mentors I've had. So at that time I had three coaches divided all of my investment and divided into three because I've invested in three mentors. And I said, whatever that price is, that's what I'm going to charge for my first coaching client. So it came to $650. Actually, it was a little over like 800 something. But I said, 
uh, I don't feel too comfortable just yet. So I'm just going to put 650. And I remember I charged my first coaching client $650 for two coaching sessions. So if you break it down, it's like a little over $300 per, per session per hour, if you break it down per hour. Um, so coming from a girl getting paid $13 an hour, I immediately gave myself that race, you know, by finding a high income scale enough for me to be able to offer value to people. Right. So a lot of the times it's not so much that people are getting uh, are getting paid less. It's really about the value that they're offering to people. What can you offer to people that they can see the worth of it enough for them to pay you high dollars? Right. So that's what we first need to discover. What is your high income skill? And the reason why. I make that phase one of the triangle. So imagine the triangle like that. It's, it's phase one is because no matter what happens to the economy, for example, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, the stocks will go up and down. It's just the way it is, right? Businesses will come and go, but regardless of what will happen, if you have that high income skill, you have that confidence that look, I can make myself money, right? Doesn't matter if, Tomorrow, your business is taken from you or your job is taken from you. you. You're confident that you can make yourself money. So that's why I talk about having that high income skill. I think it's so important that people have that innate confidence that they can actually make themselves money and that they know how to. So once they figure that out, the next level is um, your business makes you money. So now it, we talk about how can you transform your high income skill to something that is scalable and you turn it into a business system, right? So for example, when I had started, I just started by myself doing all the works, uh, didn't have any assistant whatsoever, just doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. And through that one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's really hard to scale, right? Because you're still trading your time. It, there's only what, like 24 hours in the day, you know, you can't fill that up with one-on-one -on -one coaching the entire day, you'll, you'll go crazy. So I needed to think about a system. And that's when you start incorporating, you know, like courses, um, other methods, uh, other divisions in your, in, in your income stream. But now you start thinking about automations and systems in your high income skill and converting that into a business system, right? So now you, you're, you're not only making you money, your business is now making you money. And usually it's in phase two, so this second side of the triangle, where people start seeing that influx in income. Once they, once they create systems and automations in their business, they start seeing a little higher uh, padding in their income where they're actually, they actually have enough money to make investments now to other things. And that's where the third phase of the triangle comes in, which is your investments will be making you money. Now your extra income from your business, you can invest it in stocks, in crypto, in maybe other businesses, you know, maybe in your investing it back to your business as well, where that's just continuously growing. And now your, your wealth pyramid is just a, you know, it, it's, it's continuously, right? It's, it's not just reliant on you, not just reliant on your business, but also your investments are all working in congruent with it. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, it makes perfect sense. Um, I'm assuming you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes, I've read it, yeah. Yeah. 
um yeah it's all about obviously the different the different ways of bringing income in isn't it and, and using it for your investments as well um <clears throat> well that's that's cool i mean we are sort of getting well we are at the hour almost um and i've got another podcast booked in in 15 minutes so um how i like to sort of close these chats and thank you so much for everything you've shared it's been it's been educational for me well it's been a reminder for me it's 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 stuff that i've looked at for a long time i mean i'm i'm much older than you and um it's been a good reminder actually for me in terms of a few things so thank you for that in terms of um how people can find you so if somebody is listening and they love the sound of what you know the work that you're doing how can they find you yeah they can easily find me through instagram and on youtube so just search up page ray p-a-j-e-r-e-y and you should be able to see me and i'm pretty sure you'll put this in the show notes as well yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah wonderful cool um and i always like to finish with anything that you feel called to share um any pearls of wisdom, anything at all to finish off um, to our listeners? Uh, I'd like to share a little note about clarity. So I think one of the things that people are con continuously looking for, especially for, you know, when they're listening to podcasts like this is what's my next step, right? And whenever we think about clarity, we're always looking for the answer externally, right? We're trying to look for signs out there and whatnot. But what I've realized, clarity is simply choosing the same thing over and over again. You actually create clarity when you keep choosing that dream, right? So, for example, people would be wondering, oh my gosh, but should I take the jump? Should I take the leap? Clarity is simply just choosing that thing over and over again, choosing that person, choosing that version of yourself that you want to be, and just being consistent with that choice. And that's how you gain clarity in life, in business, and whatever decisions you have to make. Cool. Thank you very much. Well, Paige, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, can I just ask before you go, who's the piano player? Uh, I play the piano. <laughs> have you done that since you were a kid? Uh, no, actually. Um, so we were poor enough that we couldn't afford, afford a piano or piano classes. So one of the things why I'm very passionate too about talking about money is I want, so a lot of parents, they work hard to make their kids' dreams come true, right? Yeah. And as a parent, I certainly do that. You know, I'm working hard to make sure that my, 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 I'm able to give the very best opportunities for my children, but also for myself, for that little girl inside of me. So I'm self-teaching myself how to play the piano. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm, I've taught myself guitar as well. I'm a singer. So um, for those that are listening, she's got a piano behind her, which is why I brought it up. A very nice, contemporary looking white piano. It's lovely. Um, well, you. good for you. Good for you. Um, and just before we finish, truckers in Canada, we've got it happening um, in this country. It's kicking off mm -hmm. today, today, I think. Um, so I just wonder what your thoughts were. Are you behind the truckers or do you think they're a pain in the ass? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> well, I need to be true. Uh, I'm definitely for, you know, I'm supportive of them. I came from, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if I should say this, but I, I'm just going to be real. So <laughs> 
I'm definitely for them. You know, I do think that people have a choice whether they want to be vaccinated or not. But I love the fact that Canadians are speaking up because, look, I came from a country where, uh, you know, like the Philippines, I'm used to seeing people going out in the streets and voicing out what they want and setting government straight, right? And sometimes government leaders do need a little bit of straightening up, <laughs> you know, they need a little bit of guidance, you know, we're all human, we all make mistakes, but, but yeah, so I'm definitely supportive of our truckers. I'm super proud that Canadians are actually stepping up and not scared to, you know, to create a little bit of not really chaos, but you know, a little bit like a little bit of noise because we deserve it, you know. Yeah. So definitely supportive of them. <laughs> yeah, great. Me too. Um, it's you know the whole world is watching, and um, it, I mean this podcast isn't going to be out for a few weeks yet because I, you know it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for the listeners, um, we are at the fourth of February uh, yeah. while we're, while we're chatting here, and the the truckers. Um, started a something like a 150 mile convoy through uh, through Canada to Ottawa, and uh, are currently gridlocking Ottawa because they want to be able to speak about the unfair mandates that are happening mm-hmm. in their country. Um, and it's inspired the whole world because it's now happening in the UK um, this weekend. Australia too. Australia too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they, the Australians in certain regions have had it really tough, haven't they? In terms of what's been going on so yeah I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you support I thought you would be but I, I just wanted to double check I'm all yeah. for freedom you know yeah, <laughs> yeah big time and yeah. um yeah you know what happened to my body my choice you know exactly absolutely exactly. crazy so um yeah so cool and um well just well done to the, the truckers and I hope they get their I hope they get what they want out of it because they've gone from doing it for themselves to doing it for everybody. And I think they've been bowled over by the response, the support. I was watching a little video the other day of a trucker crying and this little girl had made cookies for the truckers and and she, I don't know if you saw it, and she'd written a little thing and done a picture. And it was just basically thanking the truckers for um, fighting for everybody's freedom and this guy was just choked you know oh. all of a sudden it's just opened up like wow this isn't just about me this is about mm-hmm. everyone you know so uh, yeah go the truckers go truckers <laughs> yeah and I love it too I, ha- I have a friend who has a six-year-old son and he was lining up all of his truck toys and ve- like all their car toys in the house <laughs> lining it up just showing support I think it's pretty cool brilliant well, thank you, Paige. Um, I wish you all the very best with everything. You're doing amazing work. Um, God knows we all need some money education. Um, and it, like you said, especially in the last couple of years when people's money has gone down because of the pandemic and the, the ridiculous control that's happened in terms yeah. of particularly small businesses. So um, so well done you and um, keep shining your light. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Mel. Let's keep in touch. Bye. Definitely. If you enjoyed that conversation or were inspired in any way, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best way for other people to find my podcast and be inspired themselves. Well, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and perhaps the story resonated with your own life or reminded you that perhaps you're also settling for second best. 
I've been helping people from a young age and realising that there is more to life than what they are currently settling for. My desire is to give others the love to confidently and respectfully know their value so that they feel joy and are empowered to make a fulfilling difference. If that sounds good to you and you'd like to reach out and connect, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash Mel Clark Coaching. That's Clark with an E. Or instagram.com forward slash Mel Clark Coaching. Enjoy your day.